<laughs> yeah, okay, perfect. Cool. Wonderful. Shall we? Let's do it. All right. Welcome to the Honest EP podcast. We are the podcast for health professionals and the wider community. Look to explore diverse ideas in health, ask some ask questions, and have some honest conversations. My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's Northern Beaches. And joining me as always is Allied Health business owner, Andrew. Andrew, how are you? I'm very well. I'm holding a Mountain Culture Status Quo Pale Ale. And it is very nice to look at, actually. The, the can, they've done some good design mm. on the can. It's ready to be cracked. It looks good, doesn't it? That's why I picked this one. I like the pastel colours. There is some pastel. It looks very Blue Mountains. I believe it is a Blue Mountains beer. It is. Um, New England Pale. Made for hop lovers with massive late and dry hop additions. It's full flavoured and more tropical than the Hawaiian ukulele orchestra. There you go. Well, it's it's definitely, uh, definitely flavoursome. Do you reckon the Hawaii ukulele orchestra is a thing? I don't, I... I I'd, I'd say that there would be some sort of ukulele orchestra in Hawaii. Uh, I don't know if they're referring directly to an orchestra. But yeah. initial thoughts, what do you think? Well, it's, it's flavoursome. Mm. I wouldn't say it's over flavoursome though. Like I'm, I look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have 10 of them. No, no. but I'd happily have two, two cans. Well, they're 1.5 stranded drinks for a, <laughs> for a little can. 1.5 so what? They're 1.5 <laughs> stranded drinks. Stranded drinks. So, um, so yeah, you wouldn't need more than no. a few of them. Probably do. Um, I was saying like when I was looking for the for a beer, I saw the Mountain Cultures and they looked nice. Um, they also had like, an IPA and a double IPA. The double IPA was eight percent, mm. which mm. is like we'd get halfway through and it's like, well, I guess we're staying here tonight. <laughs> Can't go home. The podcast will take a very uh, <laughs> tangential turn. Yeah. So I think this is appropriate. It tastes good. I'd, I'd buy it again. There we go. Is what I'd say. There we go. I think that's the important thing. I think I, I think that's something we need to start saying is whether we would buy it again and have it if we saw it on tap somewhere. I agree. I would I would buy this again. Mm. This is nice. Great. So what are we talking about? We are going to talk about referrers mm. and building a network of referrers. And what it looks like uh, from our experience as EPs, your experience as a business owner uh, in Allied Health, uh, and how maybe how you did it originally changed, and then how as the business grew, uh, the types of referrers and how you approach referrers changed, mm-hmm. and then good experiences and bad experiences from both of us for doing that. Uh, I think this is very, very relevant to anyone in health, really, because look, you, unless you work in a hospital, you don't see people unless they are referred to you or hear about you in some form or another. Mm-hmm. So very, very important skill process to have. Um, I think everyone's got positive and negative experiences doing it. Uh, and I think it would be good to kind of flesh out some of what we've seen has worked and not worked. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll start for you uh, with a question for you. When you started, 
uh, rebound how many years ago? <laughs> a little while ago. A little while ago. 11 years. Yeah. Over 10 years ago, when you were there at the beginning, what did it look like for you guys trying to build a network, trying mm. to uh, get referrers? Well, the, the clients that we had back in the early days were word of mouth referral so they weren't coming so again for context ep like ep wasn't really a thing Mm. then like there wasn't medicare or dba or work cover it was just like a bit of an offshoot from personal training slash physiotherapy that nobody quite knew where it fitted so so there were no um direct referrers or or third-party schemes that people could subsidize their services from so it was word of mouth so people would come in um the clinic that we ran back then was very musky Mm -hmm. so i've got a sore back and my friend bob said you help me with his back Mm -hmm. um great like that that's definitely how the the ball got rolling it was also coming from uh more of a PT background where we would be, you know, kind of um, walking people through like a, a PT introduction to to trying to get them better or trying mm. trying to help them. Um, so the, the referrers came from word of mouth. Um, we would also do things like hang out down at Manly Beach and hand out flyers to, yeah, okay. to people as they're you know, hobbling along the, the corso there. and Would you pick out the people you thought looked more injured or would need EP? Well, I don't know if I should answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we used to try and guess. So we'd look mm. at somebody and look at the way that they're moving and say, oh, well, I think this is wrong with them. Um, not wrong. I've changed my tune on that. But that's since what people then. used to do, right? You'd go... This person, oh, I can tell that person's gait is all wrong. I'll tell them that their gait's all wrong and that they need help with it. Yes, yeah. yes. So times have changed a little mm. bit since then. Um, we, through word of mouth, um, we ended up with a couple of allied health and primary health people. So one of those people still comes. Um, mm a GP in the local area, like actually 11 years down the track still comes Mm. to do our group classes. Mm. Um, But yeah, Yeah. so just just through that word of mouth, people sort of got a a bit of a handle on on what we were doing. And some of them were GPs and some of them were physios. Um, And that, that was kind of it. It was just doing good work, getting good results with clients and them then going and telling their different people about the experience that they had. And that was it. And, and I feel like that's where uh, people should start, right? It's the easiest way to get referrals or referrers is word of mouth from having good results and you know, people liking you. And that's the best way. It is the best way. I mean, it, it, uh, 
you don't want a leaky bucket, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to be trying to go out there and get a hundred different people referring to you uh, and then doing a really shit job. Mm-hmm. And so you're always trying to, to refill the bucket that's got big holes in it mm-hmm. because you're not doing a good job. You're not focused on the right area. And I think that's sort of one of the biggest learnings is that we, you know, if, if you were to look at a hundred people that mm-hmm. kind of came in to a clinic um, and it doesn't really matter what size of clinic either, like whether you're a sole trader or whether you're a, a bigger company, mm. 40% of those people should come from word of mouth. 40% should come from like allied health referral or GP and 20% should come from, you know, your Google ads, your Facebook ads, your, your going and doing community events and, mm. and kind of that sort of outreach stuff mm. that, that applies across all sizes of business and particularly when you're starting up to focus on getting the getting the clients to to get a great result in mm. working with you is certainly the the cheapest but also the most effective mm. from a longevity perspective mm. of creating good word of mouth referrals absolutely yeah okay interesting so um going from word of mouth to more when uh, you want to start reaching out as a business to more allied health or medical, what did you find were the more effective ways to do it? And what did you find were the less effective ways to reach out to actual other professionals? Mm. Um, Well, stuff that I still do now is um, like, I'll I'll go and see other professionals. Mm. Like if, um, I hear good things about a Cairo down the road, then I'll go and see them. I'll, yeah. I'll, um, I'll respect their time by going and paying for mm. them to see them. And, um, you know, you do that a few times and conversations tend to go down the path of, you know, I do this and you do that. And, mm. oh, there might be some crossover and why don't you pop into the clinic and we can show you around and mm. it kind of grows from there. That's been the best way for me personally, mm. to grow a caseload and, and grow a um, grow a individual practice, was to develop not not a hundred different people that I'm trying to refer to, but mm. just a couple yeah. and a couple of really good ones that align with the type of people that I want to work with, mm. uh, and that can provide a complementary service to what I'm doing when it doesn't work is where you're, you're too closely aligned, like where you're, um, you know, if, if you're going to a GP clinic Mm. that's got an EP Mm. in the GP clinic, Mm. um, it's difficult then to kind of try and cause we don't really want to play the, I'm better than that person game because that's just a lose lose situation Mm. for everyone. Um, and in terms of where I've, I struggled, like it's been in that yeah, areas okay. where, you know, I'd call up a GP practice and, and not really do much research and turn up on the day and realize that there's a, a, a person that's an exercise physiologist in the, in the room down the, down the yeah. hallway. It's like, well, Damn. this is not going to go so, so well. Mm. Um, I, I think also um, that, you know, we we have always been a fee paying clinic. Yeah. Like um, 
for, for our private clients that come in, we we charge a fee, we charge a gap mm. on our on our Medicare clients. And there's definitely been some pushback with GP clinics that are bulk billing mm. um, that refer to us saying to their clients, oh, here's your free five EP yeah. sessions, right? Yeah. And then it, it goes a bit it goes a bit awkward conversation definitely when the person comes in and says oh my gp told me it was free mm. and i'm like well your gp shouldn't have said that because there's a hundred bucks out of pocket on your first yeah, yeah yeah which is a bit of a rude shock if you're mm. not expecting to pay that so mm. in terms of, of challenging ones that's also one it's also when gps kind of voice that mm. like if you go and run a gp meeting and and uh they say, you know, do you charge for mm. services because cost is going to be a factor for our clients? Yeah. That can be a challenging kind yeah. of conversation to have and mm. um, we don't back down from that. Like we, no. we charge what we do because... That's what our time's worth. That's what our time is worth. Yeah. And yeah. it's what, what clients are willing to pay. It's, what, it's the value that, that we will give people and i'm sure those gps like understand that as well but you're right like generally a lot of the clients that will you know be going and seeing that gp probably you know or may not be in the financial position to then go and fund their own allied health services as well yeah 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 and and this so they'll go to the the ep that will do a 20 minute session with them in the room down the hall and that's fine. It's it's absolutely fine. Yeah. There's there's no there's no right or wrong way to mm. do this. There's just different ways of doing it. And mm. uh, and you know I I can uh, understand people's belief that healthcare should be free. Mm. Like that is a belief that a lot of GPs and and a lot of uh, kind of hospital staff have that you should be able to go and get free anything mm. um, because it should be paid for by Medicare mm. I, I understand that mm. um, unfortunately Medicare is not going to pay my rent yeah so we we have to, or we decide to, to build businesses in a certain way absolutely yeah yeah that makes sense <laughs> so well, I get, on that point though like that's that's a very quick shutdown because that does happen when you go to a GP meeting and often one of the first questions to get asked is, are you bulk billing? Um, it's like, no. It's like, okay. Mm. Well, then what are we going to do with the rest of our hour here with with our wraps and our sandwiches that we brought you? <laughs> because we, we know that you're not going to actually refer anyone anyway because you're looking for other bulk build services. Yeah. Mm. So that's a situation where it doesn't go so well. And what that should lead us to is perhaps doing a little bit more research in the type of mm. people that we want to try and build referral relationships with. Mm. And, um, you know, if we charge a gap, perhaps try and align ourselves with other GP clinics that would charge a gap because mm. for their client, for their patients, it's normal for them to have yeah. an out-of-pocket expense when it comes to, um, you know, medical or health appointments. and. So the, the barriers for the GP to suggest going to this service, mm. it's it's less likely to be a conversation about money and more like, hey, I think you'd benefit from going and seeing these people. 
Yeah. He's he's their number. Yeah. Right. Much less um, barriers towards it. Yeah. And, and I suppose that's the other thing as well is that, particularly initially when we were starting off, that because there weren't any Medicare EPC referrals or anything like that, mm. a GP would recommend us to their client, but there would be no expectation of oh, I get my fifty three ninety five mm. back from this appointment or anything like that and it's more the value and the the trust that the, the mm. client has in that gp mm. for their well-being and, and their health mm. that they would go okay well they've recommended this i'll walk them up yeah i'll go and see how it, how it goes and money doesn't come into it that's it yeah so if money is <clears throat> thought of beforehand in terms of who you're actually reaching out to and what kind of practice they are, how they bill their clients, then that can make a big difference actually having a successful referral system because of the client's expectations. Yeah, cool. Mm. So you go and do a little bit more research. That's step one. Find out a bit about why you actually want that clinic to refer to you, not just any clinic. Mm. Then you can focus more time and energy into it. Cool. In terms of... GP practices, which we now have quite good relationships with a couple of them. Um, do you have any stories of how they specifically went well? Sure. Uh, I have changed over time the way that I have approached GP meetings. You know, back in the back in the day. I think I even did like PowerPoint presentations wow. for people. Like I'd, I'd pull out all oh the stops. Oh my goodness. Like, this is what an EP does. And this is me with the client. And hey, awesome. And here's the plate of sandwiches. And here's all my flyers. Like here's mm. my 17 flyers for different services that I provide. Mm. And, and it'd be quite an event. Now it's it's I'm I'm the totally opposite end of that really? spectrum. Interesting. Okay. I I don't go in with any pre-planned yeah content. Mm. Uh, I will I can just start talking and and um, they can pick up information that they they want to talk more about. Mm. Um, sometimes we bring food. Sometimes we just bring a coffee mm. for them. Um, we'll message like particularly if we're doing it not at lunchtime, we're doing mm. 10.30 in the morning, mm. we'll just message, hey, like, what, what coffees would you like us to, to kind of bring in? Yeah. Um, and then just sit down and have a conversation mm. with them. Um, I don't take flyers anymore. I, I will take a couple of business cards, but I will keep them in my pocket and I'll, I'll kind of wait for them to, to ask it. Um, Why is I, that? I remember, I remember going to a few GP practices and they would have a meeting room, right? Where you could go in and uh, you could set up and yeah. you know, you put your sandwiches down and everybody sort of turns around and uh, listens to you talk. And uh, and at the end of the, the room, there's a filing cabinet. And in the filing cabinet are the thousands oh, of no. flyers that oh. have been brought into that clinic mm. that are probably 10 years old that are yeah. never being looked at. Yeah. And I don't want my flyers to end mm. up on that list. Like it's a waste of money mm. because creating the flyers and then printing them is is expensive. Mm. 
Um, and they're just not used. And as much as we would like to think that oh, I'm going to create this amazing flyer that they're going to put on their desk and yeah. they're going to remember, like, they don't. <laughs> they like you look at a GP's desk. Like next yeah. time you go in, have a look at it. They're either super clean and they don't want all the shit floating mm. around, or they've got client files yeah. sitting on. They don't have your flyers sitting on the desk. Yeah. Um, a lot of GP clinics, especially um, ones that are fairly busy, multiple practitioners will be using the room so you can't yeah. be leaving your shit lying around yeah so they're they're generally pretty clean and and so flyers don't get used and the i think there's another principle around building rapport right when we do um when we do initial assessments with our clients mm. we try to build rapport with our clients it's generally generally what, generally a good what idea. you're trying to do you don't build rapport with someone by sitting there and talking at them for no. 45 minutes mm. right and the same thing applies when you're trying to develop a referring relationship with the gp because if i go in there and talk for 40 minutes they're going to remember not much yeah uh because they're probably focused on the sandwich that they're eating or and they're 20 clients from this morning 20 clients from this mm. morning and the 17 in the afternoon yeah. uh, whereas if I get them talking because mm. people build rapport with you by talking about themselves if I get them talking then I'm going to be able to start getting somewhere to, to bring this back full circle the better GP meetings that I've had have been totally unscripted totally unstructured mm. unstructured I've uh, I went because I, I did a bit of cycling for a while mm -hmm. and I went to a GP meeting and we talked about cycling for half yeah. an hour Great. Um, and he just now starts referring all the time um, and it's got nothing like sure like I, I did good work with him yeah. uh, with the clients that he sent but he referred to me or he remembered me mm. when he was talking with his client not because of the flyer that I put on his desk but because of like yeah me as a person. Oh, Andrew, the guy um, who cycles, and we talked about that. Yeah. Who also happens to be an EP. That's where it comes from. Not the EP who put the flyer on the desk. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, and I think that's where I've found, personally, not so much with GPs, I've had it with other allied health people. Um, my best success has been in creating more of a personal relationship with them like I would a friend. Um, and that's come from talking about other shit that's not work-related and just getting to know them as a person, getting mm. to know them as a friend, find out what they're interested in, having a chat, getting their number, which, you know, less likely with a GP, probably, more likely with another person in allied health because whether they have a, a work phone or they use their personal phone, people use their phone to talk to other practitioners and other people, they'll call people. And if you get their number um, and then you can talk to them through that, I feel like that's a lot nicer than email a lot of the time because you can actually portray a lot more personality, a lot more of yourself and have a good conversation through that. And then you have a, like a way to just call them at any moment as well. And that, that is absolutely true. And, and there's a lot of GPs out there that still very much value that personal mm. touch. We, uh, one of our, well, one of my um, preferring GPs when, you know, a few years ago, I think he's retired now, but um, same thing that he, 
Um, I went and met him at a GP meeting. We talked about running because I was running at that stage. Um, and he and his daughter ended up coming in and doing some sessions with me. Um, did, did a good job, made them feel whatever, um, gave him my number. And so for, for years, he would call my mobile number and say, hey, Andrew, I've got this client. Do you think you can help? this person mm. I'm like absolutely yeah, like please. yeah cool mm. um, he was one of those GPs that didn't do referrals like mm. he he wouldn't do the the EPC or anything like that it was just like I'm just going to refer you to yeah. this to this person yeah. um, and uh, not worry about the whole um, uh, referral Money, thing. yeah do whatever you want yeah. but but that that ability to just pick up we, we actually had another one today uh, one of our our team here Joe Mm. Uh, picked up a phone call from a GP mm. uh, saying, um, hey, like I've, I've got this client um, uh, who had a uh, an abnormality come up in their ECG. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering if you can help them. Mm. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Of course we can. <laughs> um, all you need to do is, is you know, fill this in and, and yeah. set it down and, and we'll kind of take it from there. Yeah. So that personal touch, I think, mm. is... Um, is really important and you know for them to be able to pick up the mobile and, and call us personally yeah um, because they trust you because mm. they they want to refer to you yeah um, is is hugely important mm. and so the more that you can do to foster that the, the better yeah much better I think for me I learned that lesson uh, quite early because I have family who are Kairos and they've been great to me in that they because they're my family um, that they will send people to me and they'll refer people to me and those clients will have a lot of trust in what I'm going to do because you know they've been referred by my family um, and I took that and I realized it's like oh shit you know when people um, get referred to you by people who really know you really well, they trust you a lot. And they're more likely to refer you straight away. It's like they'll think of you earlier rather than like a last resort as well. That, oh, okay, now I'm really not getting anywhere with this client. I guess I will, you know, look elsewhere and refer on. Mm. Whereas, you know, now it's like, think of someone or you meet someone, they start talking and go, oh, straight away you should see this person. Mm. And so my mindset with uh, building relationships now has been much more on that side of thing, like being as friendly as possible and just getting to know people as well as possible. So to the point where I think of them straight away, straight away and then hopefully they think of me straight away as well. Mm. And then they have that point of contact that they can just message or call me, me personally, mm. to, to let me know or to ask me a question about it. And I found that works way better. Mm. And you don't need to have a huge, huge network of this stuff either because between three or four people, especially as an EP, where there is like generally you're with a client for longer than, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, um, you don't need that many new people coming in the door every day, every week in order to build a good caseload and have a successful 
uh, book. Mm. So having only a couple people who know you really well and refer to you, that's all you need. It is. And, and I really like what you said there, that it should be two way. Mm. Because a lot of when we take the scattergun approach to trying to build referrers that they want the same thing that we do. Like mm. they want people referred to them and mm. the, the safety and the confidence of when we want to refer to somebody mm. else. So I don't need 20 Kairos to try and build a relationship with because mm. if I've got a client and they ask me for a recommendation for a Cairo, mm. I've got one person in mind. Mm. And I hope that that Cairo has got the same kind of deal. Yeah. Because as you said, when, when we're working with people for, for longer periods of time than uh, perhaps other professions, then we don't, we don't need 10 referrals a, a week. No. Like we need two or three. Yeah. And if you've got a few GPs and, and a couple of allied health professionals and you do a good job mm. and you refer to them, mm. then that should kind of help mm. fill your books pretty well. Mm. It also means that finding that person who sends a person like a, a client to you and one person to us is a, is a big deal like one referral for us is maybe a bigger deal than you know uh, four referrals to a GP or something because they see new people all the time mm. so if you do get that one referral I'm, I'm reaching out to that person straight away and I'm thanking them and I'm asking them and going hey can we go have a coffee mm. because I want to know about them. I want, to, I want to meet them. I want to build a relationship with them straight away. Mm. And, and that only takes one referral. Absolutely. One. Yep. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, because that was a lot about kind of making that first connection. I want to talk about nurturing mm-hmm. relationships. So with relationships, referral relationships that you've now had for longer periods of time, how do you continue to nurture that relationship? How do you keep it uh, fruitful for both parties? Sure. So I've got a few examples. Mm-hmm. Um, I go and see them. Mm. And I go and see them not because I'm trying to nurture the relationship with them because they're a good practitioner mm. and I value the service that they provide. Mm. So I will go and see Katie down mm. in in the osteo Cairo down in mm. um, Manly because she's good at what she does mm. and and I value the the service that she provides um, the the side effect from that is the consistent seeing my face talking about some clients that we've got in common mm. and just the reminder that oh yeah, I actually saw this person this morning that I think Mm. would be great to to refer on to you. Mm. Um, But that's that's a side effect. I go to her because it's, I I value the service that she provides. Mm. But in return, I do get the, more more just the, oh yeah, like I I remember, I remember now. Um, More points of contact with you. Same thing with GPs, right? So same thing. I have a great local GP. Mm-hmm. Um, if clients ask me for a GP recommend, like if they've just moved into the area and mm. they're asking for a GP recommendation, I'll recommend. Well, I've got a, I've got, you got two or three, yeah. but you know, one is great with kids. Mm. One is great with you know, um, 
metabolic conditions and, and stuff like that. With women's health or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you you can then kind of go, okay, well, I think this person would be great for you. Mm. But I still go and see him. Like, I, I will take my kids to go and see him because mm. he's a really good GP. Mm. Um, and again, like I'm not trying to develop relationships with 100 people. It, mm. it's, it's like four or five that mm. I need a, a long-standing relationship with. Mm. Um, we do all the fluffy stuff. We send them thank you cards. We send them a gift, out, a, a gift basket at Christmas time because mm. that's a nice thing to do. Mm. Uh, we will go and do GP meetings at their, mm. at their clinic. Um, but it, again, even the, the, those GP meetings mm. for people that you've seen mm. multiple times mm. over the years, they're, they're a chat. Like yeah. it's how are the kids and what are you doing on the weekend? And like, yeah. oh, by the way, how do I fill out a D904 referral form? Yeah. Uh, well, you do it like this. Like you fill this in and you tick this box and, and there you go. Um, and yeah, like uh, the, the last time I took my kids up to, to see the GP, um, that's literally the conversation that we had. It's like, oh, do you see veterans? I'm like, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. How do I fill in a D904 referral form? Oh, well, you, you do this and you... Pre- it's like, okay, great, there you go. Great, there you go. Problem solved. So easy. Um, so, yeah, so, so you know, I, I have a, a more personal relationship with mm. them, like, like you were talking about before. Like, it, it's, mm. it's, um, it's a professional relationship, but it's also a personal relationship. Absolutely. I think there's, there's a, a way to do them both mm. really well. Um, we do good work. We do prompt reporting. We mm. make sure that, you know... If something is a bit not what we expect it to be, that we are communicating directly and, mm. and on time to those people. Mm. Um, our reports are good quality. We we acknowledge when they refer to us through mm. a, a different, you know, whether you get a, a thank you card or a mm. or a coffee cup or a mm. you know a, a Christmas hamper or mm. whatever. Um, you know, we held a referring a referrers. Uh, networking event yeah. the other night, that was cool. uh, which was great. Um, so we do, we kind of do all that mm. stuff, and and that's great. Um, Is that important? It's nice to do. It's nice to do. Let's. I want. I want to do an activity. Um, we're gonna have uh, a scale, a rating scale here of most important, kind of like a Likert scale. We've got. Uh, most important, important, yeah, it's okay. And then like less important, really not that important of different things. Mm-hmm. And you can just give me your immediate answer for these different things that I'll throw at you. Ready? Go. Structured GP meetings. Zero. <laughs> not important. 0.5, not important. Not important. Okay. Uh, building a personal relationship with said referral. 10. Interesting. Just it from a longevity perspective, mm. that's the way that you would. Mm. Because here, here's something else, right? And it's it's fairly new to EP, but it's been around in other professions for a very long time. There are, if I was a physio, mm. there's fucking 15 physio clinics in this suburb. Yeah. They're all going to that GP yeah. and doing these meetings, yeah. right? And they're all saying that relatively the same thing. Yes. I'm an expert in this and I do that and here's what I like to do. And 
in the same way that GPs are bombarded with pharmaceutical companies peddling their, mm. their medications, the, the same thing applies mm. for, for other physio clinics. And, and mm. if you can't differentiate yourself by having a good track record with the clients and building a, a more personal relationship, mm. you, you're just another number. Mm. And GPs will forget your name as mm. soon as you walk out the door. I think a lot of people assume it's like, oh, but I've looked up uh, the right questions to ask a GP meeting. And it's about asking, oh, but, you know, we see everything, but but what are you interested in? And putting it back on them. Mm. But I feel like everyone who's going to GP meetings would be silly not to be having those questions. So even then, I don't know if that's a big separator. Mm. Is having those like, oh, these are, these are smart questions to ask at a referral meeting. I think you do need personal relationship. Mm. It's like find out what the Jeep, like the person mm. themselves are interested in. What do they do? What do they like? Exactly Where right. Where do they go on holidays? Exactly right. Mm. You know, most people these days are on social media. Yeah. Um, a GP's not going to put photos of them and their clients in no. the clinic <laughs> on their social media. They're going to talk about their kids or their dog or their... Whatever. I don't know. Their grandchildren. Their grandchildren. Children. Yeah. Look, look at that shit because that's mm. what they're interested in. Mm. Mm. Um, or they're cycling yeah. or they're running. They're like, yeah. great, let's talk about that. There you go. Because that's going to be a more engaging conversation. So personal relationship, very high. Very high. It's like a 10, 10 out of 10. 10. For the same reason is that when, when somebody identifies, oh, this person might be good to be referred to mm. me, I want them... To then pick up their phone and call me. Yeah. And if I don't have a personal relationship with them, they're not going to do that. Having a phone number and them having your phone number. Yeah. Yeah, I like on that one. On scale. Where's that for on the scale? Eight. Eight out of ten. That's Eight out of ten. High. And I will, I like on my business cards, it's my mobile number. Yeah. Like you can call me yeah. directly on mm. that mobile number because mm. if you want to talk to me, mm. you should be able to call me. Yeah. I do that as well. And I know that we, we don't make people do that because it's a personal phone. Um, I've just found that is like very, very useful to have that as a means because it is like a direct contact to me. And that is such like a good ease of access thing to have yeah. with, with clients and um, clients and referrers because clients are referrers as well. And many, many, many times I've had clients message me and go, Hey, will you see this person? Like, yes. Easy. Yeah. Whereas they're probably less likely to call the business phone and go, hello, would Archie see my friend? Yeah. I don't know. Let me find (laughs) Archie. Oh, he's busy. Sorry. Can't answer your question. Yeah. You know, people don't want that. Yeah. Okay. Eight out of 10. Um, Going and seeing another uh, health professional as a client. Whoa, for me, that's that's fairly high. Mm. Um, I think... Okay, flip it around. So yeah. imagine you had a GP or mm. you had a Cairo. Mm. Come and see you. Mm. They booked in. They're not expecting a, a freebie. Mm. They're, they've got something that they would like some assistance with. Mm. And they trust that you will help them. Mm. And then they come in and you do a great consult and you you help them. Help them. Right? Mm. 
you're going to feel pretty good about that. Absolutely. Like I've had that a few times and it's like, I feel like I'm showing and and demonstrating the value. Um, I still charge them Hmm. because I would expect other people to charge me. Totally. When I go and see them, we Mm. might do like a a little discount or something or Mm. a no gap on the, on the health fund or something like that, but I would still expect to pay them. Hmm. Um, but if somebody did that to you, you would go, oh, wow, okay, well, there might be something here. Mm. Same way if we, if we go and do that. So I will go and, and see my Cairo and mm. see my GP and see my nutritionist and mm. um, see my personal trainer or, or go to the personal training gym that I go to mm. or my dentist or, or whoever mm. because I, I see it as they're providing a great service that mm. I want to pay for mm. and I trust them. So it helps build the relationship. So 10? 9.5. 9.5. Wow. Okay. How about um, getting good results with the clients that are referred? Oh, that's an interesting one. And the reason it's an interesting one is because I have people that refer to me still, but I don't see them, mm. right? So I'm not clinical anymore. So mm. my GP will refer to me, but they'll mm. be seen by somebody else yep. in the clinic. Um, I would hope that they get good results. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe not even results because results is is, is a fairly... Um, that's, that's a bit kind of black and white, isn't it? Yeah. Having a good experience. Having a good experience. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. Like really important. Mm. Um, if, and, and there's so many, there's so many different values that people have around expectations. Mm. So if I was late mm. for that consult or if somebody couldn't find the clinic properly or there was no parking mm. or I was rude mm. or uh, they bumped into someone when they came in the door Mm. or um, there's so many intangible things that would like determine whether something's good or bad. Mm. Um, But I I think that if, if I can do, uh, if I can try and like not improve, but if I can provide a really good experience for them Mm. when they're here, um, then they're, going to tell other people mm. about that experience absolutely yeah five <laughs> five after that huge selling five <laughs> okay. it's it's important yeah results are less important because we should be managing people's expectations sure but it's more about the experience okay that I have. yeah post session slash consult reporting back to referrer this is a question that i actually ask Mm. referrers okay um when do you want me to contact you Mm. um and it's funny it's funny because back back in my day we were taught to write enormous reports back to gps Mm. And I used to do it mm. because uni taught me. And of course, uni is right. Mm. Um, uni is right. Uni is always right. 100% of the time. Yeah. 
And then I would actually go and speak to a GP and say, like, do you do you read the reports that I sent through? And I'm no. <laughs> what do you do? It's five pages of, of just text on a page. Like, I don't read that shit. I'm busy. I've I'm seeing forty people Same today. Twice. How 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 can I sit here for five minutes and That's read this? Two hundred pages of reports. Jesus like Christ. A report from all of them. No, no, I don't want that shit. And I'm like, okay, okay, well. I'm curious, what what information do you want in a report? What a great question. Well, I want to know that they saw you. Mm. I want to know that you have a plan for them. Mm. And I want to know if there's anything else that I need to do to help. So whether that is referral to another allied health professional or like scans mm. or, you know, further, further testing. Mm. Um, that's all I need to know. Mm. I was like, oh. That makes my report go from like five pages to half a page. Yeah. And I know that you're going to read it. Because and it cuts it's... down your time as well, right? Exactly right. Um, and and that's it. And, and then it's like, well, so in that context, mm. like if I can provide a report that is what the referrer actually wants, mm. then that's important. But if I'm just writing for the sake of my own ego to make myself feel good by using some really long mm. words, mm. that's not going to get read by anyone. So you need to know what the referrer wants. So that is a question you have to ask. Can you repeat that question? Because I think that's really important. So when I when I go and do a GP meeting, mm. I will ask, like, mm. you know, it's, it's part of my obligation to... It's part of my... Not obligation... I like to provide reports mm. back after we do initial assessments. What do you want to know in that yeah. report? Like, that's it. That's it. And what then, do you want to know? And they'll, yeah. say, they'll say some version of that. If it's more than two pages, I'm not going to read it. Yeah. And bullet points are good because I can absorb mm. that information quite quickly. Mm. And that you've seen them, that you have a plan, and if there's anything yeah. that I can do to help support. And then say we're now with another allied health professional a chiro, physio, podiatrist or something, uh, it may not even be a report to them. I've found a lot of the time that it's, give me a call after you see them so we can chat about it. They'll want to, uh, before they come in, have a call and go, or that they might message me and go, hey, um, this person's coming to see you. Can we have a chat? Yep, sweet, I'll give you a call. And we have a call and go, hey, they're coming in, this is what they're like, blah, blah, blah. Cool. And then afterwards... I'll call them back and just go, great, saw them. This is what we're going to do. Um, I've told them this. This is the plan. I love that. Mm. And that's definitely, you know, we, we have a, a multi-D clinic now. Mm. But when it was just EP and, and I had relationship with, with physios mm. that would refer to me, it would be exactly that. Mm. Uh, it would be, um, hey, I've just referred you this work cover client. Here's mm. a bit of a handover. Um, give me a call after and we can discuss what we're going to do moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Not a report, not yeah. an email. Like I just want to call and yeah. have a, have a two minute chat and that's it. It's more efficient for every party, right? And you're gonna focus on the important stuff. It st saves you from putting in the date and the names and the date of birth mm. and all this stuff and going, thank you for the referral to rebound health. Um, you know, we like to focus on giving very, very good outcome, all this, all this stuff, which mm. is lovely in a report and just going, Hey, how you going? Yeah, yeah. good. Sweet. Um, saw him. 
here's what happened. Yeah. Yep. Much quicker. Much quicker. Much quicker. Much easier. Easier. Um, where was that on the scale? Sorry. So yeah, I reckon for allied health now for allied health. So I reckon that's up there. I I reckon that's like a seven. A seven. Like I I think that's really important. Mm. Um, because you you again that that fosters the more personal relationship yeah. that you have with yeah. referrers. One more. More may, uh, probably I don't know maybe GPs. I've now with a GP. Uh, going out and having a non-work meeting with a person, say coffee, beer, uh, walk, whatever. Mm. Where does that fall for you? That's a good one. Um, look, I, I think that it, it depends on the type of clinic that you have, right? Mm. Um, if you're quite a clinical business, then to go and have a beer with someone sure. might be might be h- harder to do. Mm. Uh, but if I was more of a movement-based EP working out of a CrossFit gym that mm. I wanted to get to know the owner better, then going have a beer with them might actually be a really good way to, to mm. break the ice. Um, yeah, like I maybe not have a beer. For, for me personally, might not be going and have a beer, but might Very be going sure. and having coffee. Yeah. Um, which I do regularly. Uh, go and have a coffee with someone not in their clinic as no. well. Like we'll go, no. we'll go find go a coffee shop. And we'll just have a conversation. Have a good coffee. Don't have a shit coffee. Well, then the whole thing's ruined. Like you, you might even just... You, your referrer relationship with them will go backwards if you yes. have a bad coffee. Well, that's that's the they'll most actively tell thing. people not to go to your. Coffee. Will you pick the coffee shop? Yeah. Oh, because you need to know. Why well, I need to your know. reputation's on the line. Yeah. What's your go to? Well, we go to Nine Yards. Like, I, oh, I, sorry. Of course, we go to Nine Yards. Nine Yards Coffee. Yeah. Um, they can be the new sponsor. We're still looking for a sponsor. <laughs> Do you guys make beer? We, I guess we could review a coffee if we had to. Ah. Uh, Here's an espresso yeah. shot. We'll, we'll take the, the podcast on tour and, and go on and get them involved. We should definitely do it. We've talked about that. We should do that. Yeah. So you'll go to you'll go to Nine Yards. Go to Nine Yards because they're good people and, and they have good coffee. And uh, Can you sit there? I thought that was just like a Yeah, you sit upstairs. You sit upstairs. Upstairs? Yeah, there's an upstairs. Google uh, uh, Instagram Nine Yards Coffee followers. They are very good. Fuck off. They sell beans. They're good. Um, <laughs> Anything else you want to say about Nine Yards? Great guys. Okay, cool, good. Just checking. Um, <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like we'll go and 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 have a conversation because it's always like you can always pick it a mile away, right? When someone mm. is trying to sell you something, mm. uh, if you sit down and have a conversation with them and they're trying to sell you something, you you just get a vibe and it's. Mm. You're on the defensive and it's like, this just feels like you're trying yeah. to sell me your, yeah. your shit. Uh, whereas if you don't have any expectations going into that conversation, like I just want to sit here and talk to this yeah. person and learn more about them as a mm. person, um, you're much more likely to build a better long-term relationship mm. with them. This is the thing. I don't think you should treat these relationships like you would any other friendship. 
you just happen to be in a situation where you both work in a business where you can send people to each other. I think for, for me, that's the best way to think about it because why should I be uh, keeping you at arm's length um, mm. because we, we work in a similar business mm. and no, this is business related. It's like, well, mm. why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not just meet them like you would a friend? And, and to, to take that a step further, like why not understand the other EPs that are in your area as well, totally. right? Yeah. Because if I'm not an expert, because I'm not an expert in everything mm. to do with EP, like if somebody came in with chronic fatigue mm. and they're looking for an EP, I wouldn't know where the fuck to start with that. Mm. But if I've got uh, the name or the reputation mm. or being able to sit down and have a coffee with, another local EP that that is their shit, that mm. is like, that is all that they do every day, mm. then why wouldn't I refer to them mm. and and give them a much better experience, which is what I've done in the past. Like if somebody's come in and it's outside of my knowledge or my understanding, I'll refer to, to another EP. Mm. Um, Fortunately, we've now grown to the extent that we have a lot of different EPs with different experience. So that's less likely now. But back then, it was absolutely the case. Mm, mm. So with the intention that it goes backwards and forwards, right? That um, if I'm more of a musky EP mm. uh, and I've, I've made a connection with an EP down the road that mm. is more of a cancer oncology specialist mm. kind of EP and... There can be a relationship there. Like it doesn't have to be you're the competition and I'm not going to refer to you because or you know you're going to steal. Fuck that. Like we're, we're all just. I would be much more confident in referring that person and being the facilitator of that referral because I'm not going to do as good a job as somebody it's else. It's going to be good for that client. It's exactly. Going to be good for them. Exactly. Yeah. Which is more important because. Like, for one, you're not going to do a bad job with them and then have them not get help. But also, they're going to respect you for going, oh, thank you for sending me to that person mm. who actually helped me really well. Like, great, I've done a good thing here. Yeah. Which is why we're here anyway. I, I find that interesting because, like, you... I've, I've heard you say multiple times um, in EP, because EP is a small community, growing, but small community, uh, that a rising tide floats all boats. I use that all the time. And I think that's really interesting because I don't think a lot of people want to reach out and make connections with other people in their own profession mm. because they see them immediately as competition. But a lot of people come in with the desire to be a specialist or an expert in an area, which means that when they see someone book into their diary, that is not in that area, they're like, great, I'll see it, but you know, I don't care about it that much. Mm. And if they're gonna get to a point where they are going to specialize in an area, they're gonna need to, you know, refer these people onwards, and then hopefully from that EP, get the good clients that they wanna see referred back. Exactly, and I think part of that is because EP is relatively new mm. in the scheme of things that we don't have that yet, mm. but it is there in other professions, mm. right? So o OT, for example. Yeah. So 
there are generalist OTs. Mm. There are OTs that specialize in working with kids. There are OTs that specialize in mental health mm. and neurological conditions and upper limb rehab. Mm. And they will refer left, right, and center. Mm. If something comes in that is not mm. their, you know, the, the ideal client yeah. that they want to work with, yeah. there's no hesitation mm. there in, in just going, you know what? You're best seeing this person over here because yeah. that's their area of specialty. Mm. Um, so that, that there are Facebook groups of OTs where they're just cross-referring all the time, yeah. right? And and I think that's wonderful mm. because it, it works both ways. It does. Uh, I think that's really common in Cairo as well because not even to think about the different types of clients, but the t- different types of practicing within Cairo. What kind of techniques do you use? Are you just doing like manual manipulations? Are you using activator? Are you using dry needling? Are you doing movement, you know, what are you doing? Like different clients respond better to different things. I think people realize quite quickly. It's like, oh, this isn't the type of Cairo that I'm looking for. It's like, cool. I know a Cairo who I build a relationship down the road that does do this. And then that can come back the other way, bounce back super easily. Yep. So encouragement to actually build relationships within your own profession. Absolutely. I think that's huge. And it's almost taboo, right? It's like, yeah. Why? Whoa, what are you doing? But I can't say I've done a whole lot of... I mean, I'm with friends from uni and that sort of thing, but not in our area. There you go. Because we're too good, aren't we? <laughs> We've just got everything covered already. Well, we, we sit from a, a position of... of you know, we've got a... Uh, top of the hill. Yeah, no, no sorry. Got fairly, <laughs> we've, we've got a team that, that uh, has different specialties within mm. it. So you've got your more generalist people, but you've also got your EPs that have a, a special interest in mental health and disability and yeah. oncology and yeah. chronic pain. Yeah. And so that the, our, our admin team can take the phone call and say, mm-hmm. hey, I've been referred for... I've had this back pain for seven years. Okay, well, maybe you should go and see this person. Mm. Uh, whereas if if you were a sole trader mm. or you had a small team, then it might be a bit a bit more relevant then. But, totally. but it, it's certainly not something that you want to just Avoid. say, yeah, yeah. I can see everybody. Yeah. Um, because I... Because I learned the Australian guidelines of physical activity <laughs> when I was, and it's just as simple as just get off your fucking ass. Like, I don't want to tell people. Man. There's some more. That's, uh, someone else can tell people. Here's that. your exercise program. You'll be right. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. I think we covered all the bases. I feel like we did. I think that went really well. <laughs> um, These beers have gone down really. They're well. really good. Mm. I. You know, oh, Andrew, oh, would out of 10. Mm. Okay, would you buy this beer on tap? Yeah, like, at, yes. Yes, mm. I would. 9.5. What? I would, if I saw this on tap, I would absolutely That buy is it. up there with seeing a person as a client. It, it absolutely is. <laughs> absolutely. Would you see this beer as a client? I would. I would form a personal relationship with this beer. And, I will uh, send a report back to <laughs> about how good it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, all right. Anything else you'd like That'll to say? That'll do. That'll do. I think, I think we're there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you later, everyone. That gets us over the hour. Woohoo. We did it. 
We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye.